Welcome to the Refuse Project. The Refuse Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. I am your host. I am Pastor David, riding solo today. James and Caesar is not able to make it, but I got some uh, guests with me today. I have uh, Stephen and Don, Pastor Stephen and Don Pierce, otherwise known as my brother, my cousin, uh, all those things. And then we have one of our fans here, McKenna Pierce. Uh, we get a bunch of downloads out of Nebraska, and uh, that's her, and I don't know who else is up there. She listens a lot, or there's other people out there listening. So uh, thanks, thank you guys for stopping by. Our pleasure. Thank you well, for Thank you for us. having us. Yeah, I was, uh, when they when y'all were here, I was just like, y'all got to get on the podcast. Y'all been through some uh, ups and downs in ministry throughout the years. I went to Bible college, um, just kind of traveled the United States doing ministry and different things like that. So I was just like, yeah. Well, Let's get them on here, let them tell a few stories, murder mysteries, or whatever it may be, you know. Uh, uh, so we'll just get them on here. So how was it? Y'all came down here. A lot of people know uh, my dad's not in great health, so these guys came down here to visit my dad a little bit. And uh, how was those stripping stuff down? Long. Yeah? <laughs> when you figure 17 hours, just one day. Wow. Of drive time, and we took it in two, so. Yeah, it was a pretty long trip, so. Yeah, that's tough. But it was worth it, though. So Absolutely worth it. Back home. So y'all y'all live uh, in Nebraska, uh, just just uh, south of the South Dakota border, right? About 20 yeah. miles. 20 miles. The middle so of nowhere. So cold. Very cold. They Very actually cold. celebrate the middle of nowhere days <laughs> out there, so. That's funny. That's funny. Um, so it's snowing today, right? Supposed to get feet of snow? Six yeah. to eight inches today. Six to eight inches. Yeah. That's just an average day in Nebraska. <laughs> Actually, McKenna, they're having a snow day right She's now. She's missing her first snow day of the year. Unfortunately. Well, at least you didn't miss school, right? That's yeah, true. that's true. I just said that the one day I miss school, they don't have to go. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but football's worth it, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. Let me, since Pastor Caesar's here, I'm about to, I'm about to, Pastor Caesar always tries to rap, rap over this oh. for whatever reason, <laughs> knowing he can't rap. Um, shout out to Pastor Caesar, we miss you guys, uh, James, we miss you guys. But today in Culture Corner, back in 2014, y'all might have remembered this, Lakewood Church, somebody broke into um, their safe and stole $600,000 in cash and checks. I mean, maybe for Lakewood, that's not a lot of money, but that's a lot of money. You yeah, know what I mean? That's a lot of money. That could uh, that could help a lot of small churches out Amen. around the United States, yeah. right? Um, so open investigation for, for however long that is, uh, eight, nine, ten years or whatever it's been, uh, or a whole lot longer than that, right? Was this 21, 14, six, seven years? Um, and just went unsolved, not a big deal going on. Um, but this past week or the week before, a plumber, shout out to all my plumbers out there, uh, they do all the dirty work for us, uh, was replacing a, a toilet that was loose. And as he was replacing the toilet, he noticed that the, the tiles behind the toilet were loose and he moved the insulation out of the way. He says more than 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. Wow. And uh, so they didn't really... 
say like what was really um how much money that was in the wall but i guess like whoever did this like they didn't know how to get it out of the church and they or say, I'd be finding a way in that last seven years to be finding that <laughs> yeah right or they was just taking a little at a time i don't know but lakewood had a statement that says recently while repairing work being done at Lakewood Church, an undisclosed amount of cash and checks were found. Lakewood immediately notified the Houston Police Department and is assisting them in their investigation. Well, this is kind of interesting. It is indeed. Like, I was thinking about this. You know, for our church, Elam Church, it's a bigger-than-average church, right? So... Yeah. Um, but we have like things put in place, you know, all the guys go back in the locked room and there's accountability for them and everybody's got their hands on the table, you know, all that stuff. But when you're talking about a church, the size of Lakewood, like there's a lot of like long time for these ushers in between from where they're up in the balconies to wherever they go to count this money. That's true. So... I imagine it's kind of difficult to uh, try to put things in place that they're not going to be able to be alone. Well, I know in Tulsa, I don't think they could ever be alone. They always had to match up with someone else that was coming off another yeah, area, and, so. and they would team up right. to kind of come through. And I don't know what the policies are in this church. Mm-hmm. but Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's probably something like that. But, you know, when, when there's $600,000 involved. <laughs> yeah, this is something... Uh, Interesting going on yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not like you're taking up a couple thousand dollars a week or whatever, or even some small churches, hundreds of dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is it all came missing at the same time. Is that not correct? Yeah, so the uh, the safe was actually broken into. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that was just kind of interesting. And so could it be the same or maybe it's different? Maybe it's somebody... One that broke into the safe and actually took all this stuff, and then now there's somebody else that's like kind of stuffing a few envelopes a week away. Uh, but what I thought was interesting, it was money and envelopes. So it was no, sorry, envelopes with money the and envelope. checks. So they wasn't being greedy, you know. They was just they'll take whatever check, cash, card, whatever <laughs> it may be, just wipe it and I'll steal it, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like. I remember there being uh, reverence in church. Respect, yeah. You know, even I grew up in church, but there was a time that, you know, uh, that I was in the world for a while. And we would pass churches, and we'd be playing our rap music or whatever, and then you pass the church and turn it down. <laughs> yeah. And then just ride through, and then once you pass the church, turn it back up. You know, there was like reverence. And yeah. You wouldn't go in a church and rob the church, or right. you wouldn't do it all that. Now, yeah. um, nothing sacred. It's not sacred. <laughs> and it's almost almost one of those things, well, at least for a while, but now most churches of any size have police that are you know watching parking lots mm-hmm. it became a target because most church people of that day were very um you know forgiving and and more likely to leave a door unlocked or different things like where that. your word was your bond yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and and so people did, had that confidence and trust that their brother was going to treat them right right mm-hmm. so. Yeah. so we became a target so now mm-hmm. you know where um we could be like like our church. Um, we pay hundreds of dollars a week for police officers the, for our children's church, and then one for mm-hmm. 
well, that could be in going into missions. It could Absolutely. be going into, um, you know, reaching out to the community and saving souls. But instead, that we're having to watch our cars from being stolen out of the parking lot. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to kind of follow this the story to kind of see um, what comes out of it. Lakewood's a pretty private church, you know. They don't really share a lot of this stuff. So unless it comes out in an investigation from... Uh, Channel 2 or something like That'd that. That'd be exciting to hear, though, yeah. what the results yeah. are going to mm-hmm. be, how yeah. they came about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, so hopefully they find them, right? Find them and then, like, make them eat every envelope. <laughs> <laughs> From out behind the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my Just question is, Just, why behind the toilet? Like, of all of the places they could hide I guess the money. Like what you look, right? well, I mean, I, that's true. Probably, like, more of, like, um, no cameras. Probably you know, so. No, no but that would have to be even premeditated because if you're moving tiles to hide it, yeah. that you aren't just going to walk into a stall, oh, I'll hide it here. Mm-hmm. You know, that had to have been premeditated for that. Yeah, they'd probably so be, be in prison things. before, right? Like chipping away at the wall. <laughs> 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 Digging through a, a concrete wall with a spoon or something. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yesterday we were sitting on the couch. I was just like, Steve, like, what is one of your favorite songs out there right now? And uh, he, uh, right now, Maverick City is the hottest thing out. Oh, yeah. You Love him. Love him. Uh, a buddy of mine just had a concert, uh, Young and Saved, and... Uh, I'm sorry, Gronin saved, and he just launched this ministry, and Lecrae come out, and he was talking about, like, the responsibility. We was asking Lecrae come with the responsibility of um, more popular Christians, like artists and pastors and different things with the responsibility were, and he was just, like, talking about, like, he spent some time with Maverick City, talking about Lecrae spent some time with Maverick City, and he was just, like, him talking to him he's like we didn't ask for this we didn't ask to be popular we didn't ask for any of this we were doing worship music it it was just our you know our mission and our our passion of doing music and we became popular so it was one of those things that we never intended to be role models we never intended to be um you know guiding people through their faith that we never even talked to or seen before uh, through our music so i think it's interesting that when we talk about our faith, that it, you know, what the Bible says sometimes, um, it's not, it's our actions. You know, it's not always about the things that we say or the, the, the words that we speak, but it's the actions of right. our life. And when we're talking about these, you know, the super popular people, if it's a pastor or worship leaders, their actions show everything, you know? So, um, I know I have a hard time. You know, my actions, everybody knows my actions because I just say it. You know, so there's nothing hidden in my life. Um, so everybody knows, but especially like if you're a worship pastor, man, and you want a private life, like, you know, if, if you grow up big, like an Elevation Worship or a Maverick City or something like that, um, it's just a different world out there. Like, the internet's make, made the world so small. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So this has got a song for you today. It's uh, Move Your Heart by Maverick City. Yeah. I yeah, really love this song. Tell me what moves you 
sit and let Maverick City just run, mm. run, yeah. run. Um, I've done that with Gyra. And yes, just hit it definitely. on just some replay and just let it just go and go and go. Uh, I remember one time, I didn't even know who Maverick City was. I, I knew some songs that they sing, but I didn't know it was Maverick City. And uh, just found myself in the car by myself, just crying and just worshiping. That's why I'm right here. I'm yeah. just, just that portion just that, like, touches yeah. your heart. I just want to... And the thing about it is, as Christians, we think um, that it's hard to move God's heart. You know that we let we let some our daily lives and some maybe some of our sin and uh, keep us from doing those things. But at the end of the day, it's not tough. No, it's not tough. It's not tough to get in a room or in your car and just yeah. God, I need you. Let it go. Sure. Yeah, right. just let it go and just. When God hears our voice, it moves his heart. That's Amen. right. You know, when we, we have that personal relationship with him, it, it moves his heart. Yes. Um, and I think it's a, a beautiful thing that um, that we have because we have these personal relationships with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we go into a lot of these um, donut shops, and they have the little Buddha sitting there. And mm-hmm. then the first thing that they do in the mornings is to feed the little Buddha the, you the, know, the donut yeah. or whatever. And I'm just like... Man, like, do, do, don't you get tired of every day, like, taking that first donut away because he doesn't eat it? Because he's not real? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, because the God that I serve, That's right. when I put my offering down in front of him, mm-hmm. he hears me. Yes, Alive. He Amen. You know, he, Amen. he understands my struggles and he offers solutions and all of those things. That's right. And it's not just one of those things, you know, the... That the cat runs by and gets the donut, you know, from Buddha. Um, but it's a true relationship. Amen. You know? It's a Amen. true relationship. Yes, it is. And and that's what songs like that like really like mm-hmm. stir up inside of me. Amen. Yes. That's why I said just sitting here, just that moment, you can that the anointing is yeah. so strong in that. That and I get passionate. So when we worship God, just yes. can't help but cry because of that passion and that love of God that's yeah. so strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I get chill bumps all the time listening to um, these people that are just truly anointed to worship. You know, mm-hmm. and then I think about um, people like Elvis Presley that was anointed to worship, um, but took the wrong track. Right. You know, um, if I don't know if y'all seen the stuff that uh, Maverick City does with Justin Bieber, oh, uh, but it's it's like I think it's Passion Twenty Twenty, the Passion Conference, and Justin Bieber Bieber was there, Tori Kelly, um, and they had just all on the stage worshiping together, and it was just, it was one of those things where. You look, you know, we all see Justin Bieber and we see the, the mistakes that he's made and all of those things, you know, and then we, so many times we judge young, young Unfortunately, men like that, it's true. you know, um, but at the same time, he's no different than us. You know, he, he's had failures in his life, just that we've had failures, but seeing him on the stage with, with guys like Matt you know, the guys from Maverick City, uh, Chandler Moore, um, I just can, you know, just think like. He's walking Justin Bieber through his faith, you know, and being That's there and, and allowing God to work work his faith out. And it just Bieber just sitting in the chair, just singing along, and you can just see the Holy Spirit just pouring itself down on Justin awesome. Bieber. Good. Uh, and just working through his life. And I think I've seen Justin Bieber. Man, what was that uh, Antichrist guy? Mm, I'm not even going to remember it. But this guy was just like basically a devil worshiper. His dad was a pastor. Oh. I was going to say Mike Warnke, but. No. Steve Quayar, hit me up when you hear this. You're going to tell me exactly what I. We have some guys out there that if I can't remember something, then when they hear it, they'll hit me up and tell me who it was. But it was Justin Bieber, that guy, and Kanye West doing kind of like this this thing. And uh, Kanye West has been, you know, walking out his faith in the last couple of years. And. Now I see him bringing in people like Justin Bieber and these these other guys and trying to help them walk their faith out and it's a beautiful thing. It is, it's indeed. a beautiful thing. Well, that's what our whole point is. <laughs> yeah, and you know Vaughn one, I was just talking to Vaughn one one time and they would I was just like, what was it like the toughest thing for going from, you know, doing doing secular music to crossing over to do um, Christian music? He was just like walking my faith out in public, like there's doing it in, in front of a crowd and all those mm-hmm. things because everybody sees his failures. Mm-hmm. Our failures happen in, in our house and, you know, where nobody can see him. But these famous people, their failures are on the news, you yeah. know, or mm-hmm. they're on the TV and those things like that. And we're like, oh, man, I can't believe them. Right. You know, <laughs> and we're all the same. Well, you yeah. know, even as pastors, though, you guys face that. Yeah. you kind of in a glass house, and, and it's not in the magnitude as being in the media, but yet your own community, your own surroundings, yeah. you're still faced with yeah. that people watching. And I think that's one of the reasons, well, besides just my personality, that I just put everything out there. Because, if you know, if I fail, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> just just David. David. <laughs> you know, uh, because yeah. they see my ups and they see my downs. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, yeah. uh, my, my whole life is out there. For, yeah, transparent and out there for you to see. And, Amen. um because you know what, I'm when I do when I do struggle with certain things, and I do, uh, I don't fail a lot. I mean, just one of those natural things by you know, getting closer to the Lord and those things. But yeah. when I, when I do need people, they're there to surround me and pick Amen. me up, and, and right. you, know, you have to have those people around you. Anyways, man, I'm so glad to have you guys well, here. Thank, well, you, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. For sure, for sure. Um, so. Pastor Stephen. Yes, sir. <laughs> Pastor Stephen. So, it, for some of y'all that don't know, thanks, Stephen. Um, 
high school is when you came to live with us? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quit calling me sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're way older than I Yeah, I'm older than him. But. Uh, so, Stephen came to live with us when he was high school, and then, uh, so he lived with us for four or five years, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it took him four or five years to get through high school. <laughs> uh, not really. Um, and then, uh, so we became close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we did the typical teenager stuff where we fought and we loved. And, and pranked. We, yeah, we yeah. pranked each other and all those great things. Uh, but if, if I could just, like, uh, say one thing about Seat Stephen would be, like, a sweet spirit. Amen. You know, just yeah. kind of just a, a super sweet spirit. I, and I always... I always teach him, uh, tease with him that he's the favorite child, you know, <laughs> um, because for me, there's like a couple people, it's like Jesus and then Stephen and Pastor Ron, you know, and, and the separation wow. is not very far, you yeah. know. I feel humbled. <laughs> Especially um, in the category of Pastor Ron, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just one of those guys that take his faith super serious. Uh, he loves people. He loves the Lord. Uh, he, and he, the way he, the way he loves his family and all it's always been an inspiration to me and uh, just just y'all's family and it's evident it's evident uh, when you see their daughter you know how she's grown up and being grown up to be such a, a beautiful and uh, great child so well, thank you it's uh, it's one of those things that, that uh, <laughs> she doesn't get there by accident. You know, it's, it's what's going on in the home. It's what's going on uh, teaching and different things like that, the way you are raising her. So, Thank McKenna, you. shout out to McKenna. Hey, McKenna. <laughs> so, Stephen, after after uh, after uh, high school and stuff, you kind of, you know, a little bit of a rough childhood, but we won't get in that. And then you, and then you guys went off into uh, Oklahoma. You went to R- Rayma Bible yeah. College, right? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where you met. Dawn, mm-hmm. your better half, and uh, <laughs> better so, half is right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what where did y'all what did y'all go to school for? Well, I just knew in my heart that God was calling me to ministry, and so I was just going up there to go to Bible school. And uh, this is where I met my lovely bride, and uh, she's from Michigan, and I'm from Houston, so <laughs> we kind of met in the middle, you know. Yeah. But um, well, I went into youth for for at first, and I mean that's what I working with and went I, to what I went to the the youth class okay but um but I just wanted to do whatever God told me to do didn't matter whatever God wanted I just wanted to serve him so that's my heart's passion but I met a lovely uh, woman here who had the same heart and the passion that I did uh, just whatever God told us to do you Lord you take us tell us where to go we'll go to the other side of the world if you want uh, just tell us what you want. We'll go for you, Jesus. Yeah. So, Don, how did you end up there? Well, honestly, I had found out I had cancer in 1993, and uh, I started to go to a Bible study with some other people in our church, um, and they had found out about Rainbow Training Center and about faith, and uh, started teaching me and discipling me. And the Lord had a miraculous healing of cancer. And so about four months later, I uh, applied to Rama, got into Rama, and was there. And I ended up doing helps ministry, which proves to be prudent now, considering I'm a pastor's wife and do all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So so that's how I came about there. It was, just, it was a divine, totally a God-inspired yes. opportunity mm-hmm. for me to be there. So, 
Yeah, so a few weeks ago we had a uh, a podcast called Preacher's Wives, um, and it was Sandra and, and one of our friends. Uh, he's a children's pastor in the local the local church here in, in Mount Bellevue, and um, I know for us, like we could we can't do what God has called us to do without oh. having. Amen, brother. I, <laughs> if we have to have Jesus, and I tell you, with our wives, I couldn't do what I do without. They're so important. Because and my daughter, too. So they're so, so. Women are so much more efficient, first of all, than we are, right? Mm-hmm. Multitaskers. So we're trying to figure out how to go to work and then how to get a message together on Sunday. And then, try, you know, a couple other little things, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you know, maybe trying to get the snow off the ground or something yeah. like that. And you're trying to, you know, I don't know what I do here. But, but our wives are so efficient. They're like, okay, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. take care of the family. We're going to do... Bookkeeping at the church. We're gonna uh, yes. do some counseling for you while you're mm-hmm. gonna do that, and then we're Children's gonna children's ministry worship. Yeah, and- yeah, exactly. <laughs> you run all the different ministries and try to get people headed up on that, and all those different things, and then we're trying to do our one little, two little things here. You know, <laughs> that's true. Um, that is so true. That's why they say you, you guys are like waffles. You can you're compartmentalized in one little spot where yeah. women are spaghetti, and we're everywhere. Doing yeah. multi things. If I ever try to get in spaghetti, it's just because I'm So, so super important, and I think that really came out in that episode. Um, did you? Did y'all graduate with this, a certain degree in Rama? So the four year was it, it a four year at thing? the time that we went. It was a two year diploma. Okay. Um, and it, like his, he yeah. graduated as. Youth, youth department yeah. and I was in helps ministry. Okay. Um, but I had started started working on worship too. That the last semester they started bringing in worship program, and now it's a four year program. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you can still do two years, but it's really geared. Now, for is that an accredited? Um, it is now. It is now. Mm-hmm. So y'all go out and if you want to go to a good Bible college, I know uh, these guys have been and uh, many of the family members. Stephen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. She found her husband there too, and now their kids are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKenna's going uh, a couple of years from now. <laughs> yes, she is. I speak that by faith. <laughs> <laughs> she said she's not, but we'll see. I have two nephews there right now. Yeah. So yeah. Although you just say that. Yeah, yeah. So that's out there in uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Where? Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I've seen the fruit of. of um, Love it for you guys well, and, thank uh, you. and Appreciate Doug it. And, and Jessica. So um, I definitely wouldn't be scared to send anybody out there if they're producing fruit like you guys. Well, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that. Glory to God. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you graduate from there. Mm-hmm. Y'all started dating. Yeah. So was it like a uh, like first time thing? You're looking and gazing in each other's eyes. It was for me, but well, I say yes, but really, truthfully, the first time I met him, I thought he was a brick shy of a load. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought she this got guy to the whole world is weird. That one too. <laughs> she did. Hey, Stephen was like ripped up back in there. I remember he had the guns. He would flex on you a little bit. Oh, he still got the guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just had him a little bit better Stephen, now. Uh, Stephen had the, the rock hard body back when we were teenagers. Man. Uh, I don't know where it went to. But. Yeah, it's over there. It's just protected now. There you That's go. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we started dating there. And um, then after we got married, um, Brother Mark Walker yes. invited us to come and and he kind of mentored. Our now. Yes, yes, and he yeah. helped mentor us and allowed us to start the junior high youth ministry there we really at Elam and so got our feet wet. In when the did y'all get married? After you graduated? Yes, yeah. after yeah. I graduated. He graduated a year ahead of me. Okay, so, so did 
so you came back. Did you come back to Texas after you graduated? Uh, he did. Yeah. He did. And y'all was just doing the long distance thing there for a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then I came back down and well, about six months after I graduated from there, I came down and we got married here and started ministry right off the bat. Well, we appreciate yeah. Pastor Mark and yeah. Pastor Ron. Love yeah. you guys. So y'all worked with Pastor awesome Mark uh, in the youth? In the youth, we did. yeah. That's when he was a youth pastor. Yeah, that's a long <laughs> that's time That's how long ago it was. That's when he had the mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh, a street sweeper. We remember when he was up there playing the bass when you and I were in the youth uh-huh. group. So yeah. yeah, that's a long time ago. He's been serving faithfully for a long time. And yeah. So from there... Um, Y'all did that for a few years, right? We were here for about two years at yeah. Elam. And then yeah. we felt led to go up and help his dad, who was a pastor in Nebraska. Lone Pine, Nebraska. Um, Lone Pine, Nebraska. Don't go is, looking for on the map. You can't find it. <laughs> it's right in between two blinking lights. <laughs> we don't even blink, have those anymore. Pass them. <laughs> um, so, um, so you could go to Lone Pine, which is where you at currently. We yeah, are. 20 years to, later, we came back. Right. Uh, and you you kind of followed your dad up there to do some mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah. And how big is Lone Pine? Lone Pine is less than three hundred. Yeah. Less than three hundred. Was it about the same then? Yes. So yeah, same it's families. Always, it's always been pretty small. Pretty much time. the same family. Hey, yeah. ain't nobody. Everyone's right together. Yeah. 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 It's hard to keep families apart to figure yeah. out Actually, who belongs together. Actually, they don't even have a stoplight in there. So. Yeah, there is no blinking light in town. So no. I went to Nebraska. I don't know, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. We were up there the first time, and it was. Um, it was a culture shock. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So I went out there and then we rolled through Main Street. And, the three uh, blocks of it? Yeah. The, yeah. All three blocks. <laughs> when you get to um, the city hall, I guess you call it, that one building, and their jail was a cage yes. sitting out front of it. Y'all still have the cage? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That was Lone Pine's first jail. It still sits out there. So Yeah, man, you'll get a sunburn if you go to jail in Lone Pine. I'm telling <laughs> you right now. Or freezer burn. Yeah, or freezer oh, burn. God. And then there was the, the 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 sheriff or whatever. He lived on the corner right there, I think. And he had one of those uh, old old police cars. I don't even think it ran, but it had the one big giant mm. woohoo light on the top. <laughs> the woohoo light, I and, like that. Uh, and I don't think I ever seen him. But uh, that was my first experience with Long Pine, and uh, I think. I don't remember. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> I remember catching a big old giant fish over there yeah. with my pawpaw, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. I still good have, fishing. Yeah, I still have that thing. And uh, anyway, so y'all go up there, and uh, how many how many years were you up there the first time? Well, we were up there a couple of years, and then my uh, parents felt like the Lord was leading them to go and start a church in Utah. So we went out there to help them for quite some time, and uh, they're still out there. They've been out there for twenty years now, since two thousand one. Uh, yeah. So what's so. The, what's his church name? Living, Living Word, Word Christian, Christian Church. Church. Living Word Christian mm-hmm. Church. And your church in, in Long Pond is what? Faith Christian Fellowship. Faith Christian Fellowship. Uh, so I've been out there to Utah to that church too. Oh, the stories of you there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I don't get around many places without a story, okay? <laughs> um, but one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my entire life. It is beautiful. Utah that. and running through the mountains yeah. and... We, I think we got there like at a, a really good time of the year because it was like right before spring. So a lot of the heavy snow mm-hmm. and stuff were kind of done with. And, but um, we still had flurries. Yeah, we still had flurries. <laughs> and went, I called it a blizzard. I don't know if it was a blizzard or not. But we went up in the mountain and then you couldn't hardly see it right in front of your face. And 
Y'all were running around with like short sleeves on, and I had like snow blankets and stuff. You saw that first flake, and you ran in the church. Yeah, yeah man, I was like, I'm everybody from Houston ran inside. We're like, what's wrong? There's a few love too blurry. So, oh, we got to go inside. He can't go out it here was and play. Twenty something degrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! And then we were going, went out there to take them all shooting. We tried oh, to, man. and David was like, uh, like, nobody can shoot very well. I can see why you have so many wildlife around. Here. <laughs> <laughs> nobody can hit anything. That was very shocking to me. All those rednecks with guns and nobody can shoot them. I mean, I guess we had an advantage because we just shot ours in the neighborhood. You know. What I mean? <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was a that was a beautiful place, and y'all was out there for quite ten a long years. time. About yeah. ten years. Yeah. Ten years. Wow. There, uh, about ten years. And then um, while y'all were out there, Miss McKenna came along, right? Indeed, yeah. we had the privilege of adopting her. She's been a blessing in our life. Ever yes, since. she has. She's been a blessing, I think, in everybody's life. She really has. She yeah, is. she is. She's uh, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, I ain't going to prophesy or anything on her, but uh, she going to do somebody real good one day. <laughs> okay? Um, I th- she really did not So she came and spent the summer with us. How long were you here? Like seven Six months. months? No, Because we went to Florida. He's talking oh, about how many weeks you're here. Weeks. Yeah. Seven weeks? Yeah. Seven weeks. And she did something with my son that I, I mean, like got him out of his room and he was like going all over town and all these things. I was just like... Where did McKenna do with Luke? <laughs> and is she ever gonna bring him back? Because he was a total, and he still is now. Like, so Luke is a very private, you know, kind of stays to himself type deal. Now this kid is like social butterfly, going to all the school That's events, awesome. and uh, just you know, McKenna, she she's gonna go. You know, mm-hmm. she goes she, from, she goes from no no poke. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska, and then we just chuck her a set of keys, and she was all over the city of Houston. You know, she wasn't scared. I do remember um, we they left like five or ten minutes earlier than us. They were going somewhere, maybe to get some ice cream or something. And then we, Sandra and I leave, and here we go. You know, going down the freeway, I drive a little bit fast, but so but there's McKenna. You know, in Luke's car, and she's doing like fifty. <laughs> She gets that from her daddy. (laughs) That's because she learned how to drive in Lone Pine. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, well, she ain't getting no speeding tickets today. Yeah. Probably get a ticket for going too slow. (laughs) Um, So y'all did some time out there, but let me back up a little bit. How do you, how did you know that, that God, if there's some people out there that's been serving in their local church and stuff and maybe they're serving in the youth ministry or the children's ministry or whatever, just picking up chairs and cleaning toilets. How did you know that God called you to ministry? I get that question a lot. Like, Pastor, how do I know God's calling me to ministry? Well, the one that you'll put a desire in your heart to to do that, you know. Inward witness. Yeah. Yes, but the Bible talks about those of the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And uh, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so he will just kind of bear witness with your spirit and just begin to deal with you and just begin to just flood your heart with a peace. Now, I mean, he can... He can speak, and I've heard of people that had a, an audible voice that God spoke and so like that. But a lot of times, it's just kind of a you don't know how to explain it, but it's just a knowing. I know that I know that, that I know that I know. Deep down to the core of your being, you just can't explain it, even when you just kind of like your salvation. You know, when He bears with your spirit that you're a child of God, you 
somebody say, no, you're not. You just know. You don't know how to explain it. You just know that you know deep down inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit, leading you. And he'll always lead you with peace, and he'll always lead you in line with the Word of God. He'll never tell you to do something that goes contrary to the Word. But you just you don't know how to explain it. You just kind of, at least that's the way it was for me. And the many ministers I've heard of, of kind of the same thing, the but it, like again, I've heard of I heard of one minister, uh, a pretty famous minister, and they said that they actually heard God's voice uh, calling them in the ministry. But again, just be real careful, go and listen, because <laughs> the Bible does talk about Satan will come in the form of an angel of light, and he can also try to to try to you know lead you and lead you astray. So, but the one thing is that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of your heart, and He will talk to you. He will lead you. It's just you don't know how to explain it. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Bible even used the word, like Paul, he perceived. Uh, there's places in the Word where it talks about, and it seemed good. Uh, in other words, just it's the Holy Spirit. Have you, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. just you can't explain it, but it's just right. Yeah. It's just I know that I know that I, even everything on the outside seems crazy. It don't make no sense. How am I going to do this? This what that's what we felt when we were getting ready to go to Long Pine. We were just like, I mean, I had the best job. It wasn't the best paying job in the world, but I mean, but it was the best I had ever had. And in the natural, it looked like this is absolutely crazy. I mean, well, but I just down and sad. I just how long had I been? I just had that place Years, on my heart. You had really been. Struggling. It was burning in my heart. I just I I couldn't get away Shake from it. it. I just and I just. God just kept dealing with me on this, and I just, and I just, as I got alone before God, I would encourage you uh, to get alone with God and just seek His face, spend time in His Word, and let God just begin. And it's just like the more time you spend with Him, the the it's the the the, the bigger on the inside it seems like it gets. It's just more the knowing gets stronger, that peace gets stronger. Uh, let peace be your umpire. The Holy Spirit will always lead you with His perfect peace. And uh, you don't know how to explain it, but like I said, you you just know down to the core of your being that God is telling you, leading you to do this. And when I tell you, when God tells you to do something, you better obey, though. Yes. Uh, but it's always going to be worth it. So let peace be your umpire. That will preach. Yeah. <laughs> that was something I always said at Bible school too. They said, "Let peace be your umpire." Well, you're going to hear a message about that. <laughs> that's a good one. It's going to be named "Let Peace Be Your Umpire" because that's good. But he does speak in an audible voice, and sometimes he's, you know you've heard of different uh, ways that God has spoken. And uh, but again, like I said, just you got the Holy Spirit inside of you, so listen to the Holy Spirit. But that comes with just spending time with Him. Getting alone, getting quiet, because I know we live in a busy world. And we got so much things going on around us, and so that sometimes you just got to get away. And and it's a lot of times, sometimes you just, it takes time just to be quiet before Him and listen to His voice. Yeah, that's and He'll key. speak to you if you listen. That's yeah. key, right? I mean, while you was while you was talking, I was just trying to think of an analogy of like of what what what. In our regular lives, that would be like meeting uh, meeting your wife right? yeah. or meeting mm-hmm. a girl, and then you want to spend all this time with her, and you build that relationship yeah. and talk to her on the phone and take yeah. her out, and and you know you begin to build and and build that relationship with yeah. her, and familiar with the voice, familiar yeah. with the sounds of your even your kind of how you talk, you yeah. know. You don't have to you don't have to see her, but you can hear her talk. Yeah, and, and the, you know that I always tell we're looking for. 
uh, Sandra in the store, you know, especially if she's with somebody. And I would just like, just be quiet, listen. <laughs> because I, I you know, know the voice. I know her voice, That's right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it took time. Yeah. You know, it took time. So when, when we're talking about God's voice, um, most of the time it's not an audible voice. Maybe, maybe one Rarely, time. Rarely, right. Maybe one time. I, and I just still don't think it was audible, but it was so real. It felt audible yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of times when people say, and, and maybe they have, but it's so real you feel like it's right. audible, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, but if you're not in your word, Mm-hmm. If you're, you're right. not praying and, and that right. you don't have that relationship. The relationship that goes back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would, I just think of it as like an airplane. If an airplane took off and never checked in with the tower again until he got ready to land, mm-hmm. like we would have planes falling Absolutely. out of the skies, yeah. right? <laughs> but they're in constant communication with the towers and knowing where the other planes are mm-hmm. and all the way through the whole flight. But as Christians, sometimes I think that we just, we pray in the morning, oh, Lord, help me. I'm about to get on I-10, mm-hmm. you know, about to get on this freeway. And then we don't check back in until it's time to go to bed. Thank you, God. Let me get mm-hmm. through this. Not Boy, again. preach it right there. You know? Come on. Um, and then we don't have a, that, that relationship throughout the day. Yeah. Um, that's when you hear God's voices, when you have that relationship. Mm-hmm. You give him time to speak. You know, we just give me, give me, give me. We see God's yeah. face. We see God's hand, but we don't see his face. Well, and it says, you know, in all things with thanksgiving, pray and, and, and always be praying. Yeah. And it's an attitude and it's an all day event. Just like we're talking here. It should yeah. be that same way with God. Thank you, God. That I didn't get hit by that car, or think you know, mm-hmm. or the boss was nice to me today, or whatever you know, it, it, the thankfulness, and that ministers to his heart. And when you minister to his heart, he can't help but pour that back out on you right. and minister to you as well. Yeah, that goes in every a- aspect of life, though. You always want to be tuned into what the Holy Spirit. I mean, you you're aware of everything that's going around you, but you always want to be listening to your heart, uh, as you hear the saying. But really, you're listening to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because he'll lead you and guide you all throughout your day if you mm-hmm. if you learn to just listen. And it doesn't mean it, 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 we miss it. We all do. Yes, we do. Everybody misses it. But you just get back up and you just dust yourself off. Uh, just keep moving forward. The Lord, forgive me if I've missed it somewhere. But I just keep keep my eyes focused on you. So, so I encourage you just to every day listen to the Holy Spirit inside of you. He will direct your steps every step of the way. Yeah, Pastor Mark always told us when we were going to youth camp or we are going to a retreat or we're having just the whatever with the kids, he would just like watch for the God moment. Mm-hmm. Just good. be aware of the God moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we get so tied up in where's this kid and make sure that we're getting to that direction and we're on time over here mm-hmm. that we forget. Just, like, man, we're there. We're here for God. We're mm-hmm. going to youth yeah. camp for mm-hmm. God. So let's wait and see the God moments as they happen. Yeah. That's good. Um. Instead of getting so busy that we just rush through our day. Yeah. Because the process we know God's moving, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're not aware of it and we're not waiting for that moment to mm-hmm. see that moment, then sometimes we'll just brush brush on by. How many times? Um, uh, probably not for y'all because y'all like get out of work and like two minutes later you're at home. But when you <laughs> lived in a bigger city, like you got all the way home and you're like, how did we get here? How do we get here? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Don't even remember uh-huh. the drive or anything Sorry. because we're so preoccupied with other stuff going on in our life that we never, we're not present in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And we have to be pre- present in God's presence. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's right. So, That's um, good. 
So Utah, you was there, um, I, you know, doing ministry over there. Um, and it's kind of, you know, McKenna, how, how old were you when y'all left Utah? I was about six or seven because I think I had my my eighth birthday here. I believe you My did. first birthday. I, I don't know right so We We here? got here in 2013. Yeah. So and she was in 05, so eight years. Wow. I didn't realize y'all was here that long. Yeah. Time flies, huh? 2013 to 19. So as as a PK, we had our kids in here. Uh, we had my kids in here talking about a, a PK. What do you think like the like the the biggest burden is being a PK? <laughs> um, Say it all. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> because thing, there's a lot of PKs yeah. out there that yeah. are they're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Everyone watches you, so you yeah. don't really get to have like a private life. And you have to go to all of the events. <laughs> so every meeting, every Bible study, everything. Like, I'm sorry. You don't have to go, but you just feel the responsibility to go. Right. And I think as a PK, we kind of put a, maybe a little bit more pressure than she should, even especially with being in a too, small church. Yeah. We yeah. rely heavily on her help as well. Yeah, and, yeah. and I hate that we do that, but in the same respects as teaching her ministry you yeah. know and, and i believe that the lord's going to use her as mightily as what we've been doing we're trying so. to teach her also uh, about having a servant's heart mm-hmm. you know jesus himself came and showed us what it was to have a servant's heart so but you know like, like you said when you have a small church you you, you kind of wear every hat so uh, she's been wonderful she's by been helping fantastic. us she jumps in there and helps us clean the church she run, works in the sound getting children's, some stuff children's apartment worship. everything live stream <laughs> yeah, yeah. Live, stream. live stream yeah she is truly a blessing. But I didn't mean to cut you off. No, what go ahead. Sorry, sweet, that, good. So, but we are very blessed. Yes, our we child. are. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, like, Luke always says, I don't know everybody, but everybody knows me. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Those type of deals. Well, I know everybody because it's, it's a small, small town. Church. You know everybody. Everybody <laughs> knows you. Yeah, so for us, you know, it's, and it's for Sandra, too, um, you know, there's, Three, four, five hundred people, depending on what time of year is that comes through our church. You sure. know? And, and mm-hmm. I don't know everybody, but you know, we'll be out in some, you know, shopping or whatever. And mm-hmm. hey, Pastor David, I'm just like, right. Let's go to the church. Um, so you you always have to be, and for for a, for a kid that's trying to figure out their way through life right. and understanding, you know, um, what it is to be a teenager and a young adult and all those things. And you got all these confusing things going inside of your body and all these changes going on. And you're living that out in front of everybody. Just exactly. kind of what we was talking about a while ago. You don't get the opportunity to, to be private about it because when you're a PK or you're, or, you know, a pastor's wife or the pastor, mm-hmm. um, you don't get that opportunity. You're out there. For everybody to see and smell mm-hmm. on and display, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, 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 it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because how there's a lot of people who'll never know Christ unless they see it lived through us. Yeah, and the only way they're going to see it through us is by watching us. And yeah. so, I like having fun in church. I do Absolutely. too. Absolutely, yes. you know, if you think, watch his sermons, you'll know we have yeah, fun. <laughs> uh, I, I really think that we're going to get to heaven, and then God's going to look at us and go. I gave y'all so many opportunities to have fun. <laughs> yes. and y'all just want to be like stuffy Christians. Uh, like, enjoy yourself. Yeah, like, Christian life's a good life. It's yeah, a fun life. I died so y'all could be that now. No. He wants us to live a full life. That's right. You know? Well, it says we were created in his image. And yeah. so he was a funny 
He's oh, a funny God. He's got bro. a great person personality. Can you imagine Jesus <laughs> kicking it with the disciples? That would be cool. Come cool on, man. I, I imagine there were some things that were said, and then the disciples would be like, Really, Jesus? And I'm like, Really? That came from you? Yeah. Like, Messiah? I don't think he was like, Super serious all the time. No, absolutely not. You know, he was telling fish stories, and you know, absolutely. his sandal would get hung up in the sand, <laughs> yeah. and you know, or other things. Yeah, you know, I think that it was. Oh man, oh, that would have been amazing. That would be cool, Jesus. One day, one day. I would hope that we would have appreciated it. You know, yeah. I think sometimes we see that the disciples failed in that respect of. Realizing who they had amongst them. Yeah. You know, but I think even as us now, I, we miss, like you said, those God moments. We miss those opportunities when we know he's right here with us. Yeah. And we miss those opportunities too. So, yeah. So, Steve, where did that passion come for people? Because when, when I look at your ministry and, and, and you, that you have this, um, such a passion for people and, and spreading the gospel and the way the word just overflows out of you. Um, I know that God has us in two different ministries and two different styles and two different people and all that, but sometimes I want what you got, <laughs> you know? Um, so where did that passion come? Because I know that uh, life hasn't always been easy and you went, you've been through some things and you've been through some struggles in your life. Um, but it seems like somehow, some way that you always find the, you know, the clean socks or the clean <laughs> Good heart, clean socks and nice, nice teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah. You can always find something good in people. Yeah. Really look. Look for the golden people. That's what I'd say. So, because you can always find the faults and flaws. But that's what Jesus did with us, too. You know, uh, he could easily, you know, look at all our faults and flaws. And of course, we all have them. But he always sees the gold in us. But it's just, Wanting to, as God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. This world, that's his passion. You know, so I I want to, I want to, and I know you do too. I want to uh, love people the way Jesus loves them. I mean, they're important. You are priceless. You know, I want to encourage people out there that may think that I'm not worth anything. Let me tell you something. You were paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. All the money in the world can't even compare to the pricelessness of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he paid for you with his own blood. That shows you how valuable, how precious you are to him. He loves you. He wants to have, he has got great plans for you. Uh, he, he, he cares about you. Uh, he wants to take care of you. He wants to hold you by the hand. He wants to walk you through life. He wants to be your best friend. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the kind of God you can trust and I just want people to, to, to be able to know the same God that we love and we know, yeah. you know? So, I mean, Jesus just, he, Jesus loves people. I can, can you imagine what kind of love it must have been to be hanging on that cross and these people are hurling insults and, and beating him just ruthlessly and him to be able to, to love people like that and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Can you imagine? That's the kind of love that's inside of our hearts. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. When we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have the love of God inside of us. And God says, I want that love. Jesus said, I want you to love one another just the same as I have loved you. And I, I think that's amazing. So, I, I, And then he goes even further than that. He says to love your enemies. 
Uh, just in case we're not misunderstanding, we're maybe not quite understanding what he's saying on that. We'd like, well, Lord, some people are just not. No, he says, don't only not only love them as I have loved you, but I want you to love your enemies. I want you to do good to them. Those who despitefully they persecute you, they're not even sorry for it. I want you to love them. I want you to show them my compassion. Uh, that's what I want, and that's yeah. what I know Jesus wants us to do is to share His love with the world. That's what the world's looking for. They're looking for the love, the true love of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, I was just thinking when you were saying all that, I'm just thinking about, you know, the the guy that's, that was being crucified next to Jesus. Yes. His whole life, he probably lived this terrible life, and he was just like, Jesus, just let mm -hmm. me be in heaven with you. And yeah. today. You know, and he was just like, today you will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. there's always a chance. You know, there, there's mm -hmm. always an opportunity. It's never too late. Amen. Yes. Never it's too never late. too late. And uh, he, he was taking his last few breaths, and Jesus says, come mm -hmm. on. You yeah. know, I love you this much. Look at me. I'm here for you. Right. You know? And then the other guy on the, guy on the other side decided not Locked to take him that. And said, yeah. Yeah. He decided not to take that. And, mm -hmm. um, so, so beautiful said. Let, let, what did you say about gold? These Look, one -liners, man, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always encouraged you just, you know, and you got to dig for the gold. You know, gold is never just where it's always something you got to dig for to get to it. Uh, you got to uh, push past all the stuff. Anybody who's ever seen anything that's got something to do with digging for gold or know something about that, you got to sp spend some time getting away, pushing away all the other junk to find what's valuable. And that's what we got to do with people because we can always see their faults and flaws. But sometimes you just got to look for the gold because that's what Jesus does for us. He, he sees us in a way that a lot of times we don't see ourselves. But uh, God sees something inside of us, and he, he wants to pull it out of us. And we are, I can't say it enough, we are precious, we are valuable to God. He loves us uh, so much. I mean, it just it, 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 I stand in awe of the God of the universe who loves me. You know, I, I, the, the thoughts he thinks about me, they outnumber the sand on the seashores. I mean, he just, he loves us. He has a passion for us. He cares about us. He wants us to spend eternity with him in heaven. Uh, and as, as Brother David brought up with the two men on each side of Jesus, you have a choice though. The one accepted Jesus. He humbled himself and he just said, remember me. And the other one did not. So you have a choice but I encourage you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I encourage you to surrender your heart to the real love. The Bible says God is love. I mean, he is love, and he loves you, and he cares about you, and he wants to. He just wants to, to take your life and make something beautiful out of it. Usually what they say, diamond in a rough, mm -hmm. you know, it's like in a lump of cold or something like that. Right. you got to find that diamond in the rough. God wants to bring the beautiful things in your life and make it some, bring it out to where everyone else can see it. So, and it's never too late. You know, I, I think about Peter. Ever, you, know, you see, of so many people in the Bible who made a lot of mistakes, but to me, I don't think it's, you can get any worse than denying Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, he denied Jesus, and, and he just was, once. Yes, mm -hmm. and he was adamant about it. But you know, when he sat around that fire. And Jesus was restoring him. And he was like, Peter, do you love me? He goes, you know I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? 
Jesus, you know I love you. What he was doing is he was restoring Peter. He asked him again a third time. Peter's like, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Jesus didn't give up on Peter. Even when Peter gave up on Jesus and Peter was feeling really bad about what he had done, but Jesus still saw something. And just right after that, look how God used Peter. He used him in such an incredible, powerful way. He was standing up there preaching boldly, and thousands of people were giving their hearts to Jesus Christ. This is the same one just right before there. He was down in the mully grubs and didn't think that God could ever love him again. I mean, he blew it so badly. You can't get any worse than denying Jesus. And yet he did it. He did it more than once. He did it three times, and he was adamant about it. But Jesus saw the gold. Jesus saw something in Peter that even Peter didn't see. And I encourage you the same. God sees something inside of you. Somebody that may be listening right now, you need to hear this right now. God loves you and he has a plan for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and an expected end. God has good plans for you, but you've got to surrender your heart. You've got to surrender your will. You've got to surrender. Maybe you're just tired. You're tired of trying to run your own life. You're tired of trying to be in control. Somebody right now needs to hear this. You're tired. You don't even know if you want to live anymore. You just don't know where to turn anymore. You just feel so frustrated with your life. I'm telling you right now, you can just surrender your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's just as simple as this. I used to teach children's ministry. I hope you won't mind me, brother. I, oh, oh. I used to teach children's ministry, and it's just as simple as this. Heart and mouth. We play a little game. Heart and mouth, heart and mouth, heart and mouth, heart and mouth. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's as simple as that. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe he died on the cross. Believe he was raised from the dead and humbly call upon his precious name and he will save you faster than you can snap your fingers. He will move in your life and he will begin to change you from the inside out. Thank you, brother. That's good. <laughs> you go ahead. No, man, I tell you, we, have people, word, here, no. we have people on here that we have to, like, drag conversation out of them. But, man, you're just like, what'd you say about gold? <laughs> it was like 45 minutes ago. What'd you say? I can't even remember what we were talking about anymore. <laughs> no, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. Like, if you can hear the passion that he has for people and the love that he has from what he was saying right now, mm-hmm. that, that's not him uh, just reading his Bible and no. just regurgitating it. That's the love Bubbling and passion, over yeah, like overflowing from his spirit because that's who he is. I'm just, mm-hmm. if y'all could meet my brother, if y'all could well, meet him, you. Uh, y'all would truly understand the the passion that he has and the heart that he has for people. But can I also say something, sure, brother? Go ahead. You're a pretty incredible man of God, yeah. also. No, no, I'm not just saying it because he's he's my brother, but he is. He's he's like a brother to me, and he is a great powerful, wonderful man of God. And I am so, God knows I'm telling the truth. I am so proud of all the things he's doing. He's Amen. working so hard and being faithful in the church and 
changing people. Well, God using him, changing people's lives. Brother, I'm proud of you. I, I am that. so proud of you. You're an incredible man of God, and I have the honor to have him as my brother. So well, I, I feel that. I feel the same way, brother. It means a lot so. coming from you, man. Really. Well, thank I, you. I, I looked up to you all these years. So. Well, thank you. We're gonna stop all that because we'll start. Crying. <laughs> Get all bushy and stuff. <laughs> past the tissues. <laughs> Just a couple more questions, um, Don. I think that like through ministry and and all these different things, how. How do you do it and not get burnt out, or <laughs> or can you, or or is it that just part of the deal when you get burnt out, but you just gotta push through? Or I don't think it's burnout. I do think that the, yeah, there's there's definitely the opportunity to, but it is totally by the grace of God. And the times that I do find that I'm getting overwhelmed, it's because of me. It's yeah. because of my flesh. It's because I haven't been in the Word as much as I should. I haven't been in the presence of God as I should. So I'm trying to do it on my own strength. Yeah. And doing it on your own strength brings all the stress with it, you know? And so even as a pastor's wife, I fall into that of getting overwhelmed. But that's not God because God doesn't overwhelm you. He graces you. Yeah. And so it it's a fine, I say fine balance. It's not a fine balance. It's just more your relation that's what we talked about earlier how important it is to have that foundation in Christ and, and in, in the word and in prayer and in praise and worship and and that alone time with God because it affects everything in your life yeah. you know but you know even back to the being the woman thing you know we tend as women to be multitaskers and and it's a good thing um because you know, it's hard for men to be able to do those multiple things. Yeah. But it is, I, I, I give it all to God because I can't do it. And even these guys can't even help me to what I need to be done because it, it is a God thing and it has to be a God thing. Yeah. One of the things that I, I, I find out that when when I'm getting burned out, like as leaders, we don't, most of the time we don't, we don't fail. But what we do fail at is we try to do so many good things mm-hmm. that we forget about the reason why we're doing That's the right. good things, yeah. right? So and busy for God that we're not with God. Exactly. Yeah, we're trying to do all these things, and then we forget about the core while we're there, and we, we, we're not praying as much, and we're not right. in the Word, and, and we're not letting that lead our leadership. Yeah. Um, but well, we're we give leading. out, and if we aren't replenishing... What do we have to give? We have no reserves to give back out. And then it becomes frustrating and then it becomes overwhelming and stressful because we don't have it to give out because we haven't put it back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very good. Last question from McKenna. So we get her smile over. <laughs> so I was, I was talking to Luke one day and, and Luke's very vague about certain things, you know. And he comes out to me, he's like, Dad, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you do what? <laughs> It was just like, how do you write your messages and how do you do this and that? And we just we begin to talk and I'm just like, Bubba, where is this coming from? You know? Um, and then I realized that he was asked to speak in Sunday school. Right? Um, so when I begin to talk to him, I find out that he feels the pressure to speak on my level. Mm-hmm. To bring the word like yeah. I bring the word, and I and I begin to tell him, man, that's this is not you. Like this is years and years mm-hmm. of yeah. refining a craft and letting God show me and mm-hmm. guide me. If you're called to be in the ministry one day, you probably won't preach like me. Right. You might, but you probably won't. Mm-hmm. You know, 
but he felt the pressure that, that his first time he ever got to speak mm-hmm. had to be as good as my right. last time. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? And so saying that, do you feel the pressure of having to live up to certain standards um, at, you know, when you see uh, the word just overflowing out of your dad when he speaks and just ask him about gold and he goes into this whole <laughs> thing, you know, which is beautiful. But do you feel the pressure like, man, if somebody in Sunday school asked me a question that I have to know the answers or whatever it may be? Um, Sometimes. I am a very reserved person. So at church, I sit there quietly. I listen. During worship, I raise my hands. I don't yell. I don't dance. I don't jump around. I don't feel the pressure to praise and worship or preach like them, but I do feel that I have to know the the answer to the question or whatever they're telling me, or I just don't look like I love God, quote unquote. You know what I mean? It's a fine line that you have to learn how to try and walk through, but I feel like as I've grown older, the pressure's not as much yeah. for that side of it, but I don't Just know. Just maturity over, over time has really yeah. helped you trying to deal with it. What about, especially since you guys are in a small town, everybody knows who your, your parents are, right? Y'all, I mean, y'all are, it's not great, huge thing, but y'all are very involved. You're, you know, you do a lot of singing at football games, and you're very active in your um, community and different things, and I'm sure everybody knows that Stephen's the pastor at the next town over and those things. So, is is that pressure feel like man? Sometimes I just can't be the kid that I want to be and go out there and do, but you have to be kind of like held back and reserved a little bit because of that, or do you just live life and? That's just how I am in general. I don't, I don't really put myself out there as much as other people do. I sit back, I watch what's happening. I say stuff every once in a while, but it's not anything that's important or whatever. Right. I don't know. Well, that's good because, man, um, it's tough. It's tough, especially when you're in a small town and I can imagine, you know, if you do one little thing, the whole town knows about it, right? Oh, it's oh, in the definitely. paper or on the radio, one yeah. of the two. Yeah. <laughs> the ticket the next day. Actually, they do, they do tell you. Yeah. It's in the Who newspaper. <laughs> uh, they announce it, so you don't want to get a speeding ticket or <laughs> get so, in mean, trouble at all. So, for me, like, it's everything magnified, right? Everything, Absolutely. Yeah, everything you do in a small town is magnified. Yeah. And it's that way in church. Like, everything mm-hmm. you do in church, especially when you're a PK or whatever, you're a pastor's wife, and, you know, Sandra struggles with that all the time. She was just like, everything you do reflects on me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't. Everything I do reflects on me. Um, but she, And I guess I don't get the way she feels, you know, because she feels like, um, you know, that my craziness <laughs> makes her look crazy, you know? <laughs> like, if she's with him, she must yeah, be too. Yeah, she must be there. There must be something wrong with her. She's with Pastor David. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in the church, everything's magnified, and then when you take that and you just put it in a small town, it's, and it could even become even that much more. Oh yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, man, we got to be who God has called us to be. Right. I remember talking to Pastor around one time, and um, I was just like, "Man, Pastor, if I could ever just be like you, you know." And he was just yeah. like, "Man, don't be like me. Be like God. Be That's like right. Jesus." Yeah. And uh, it changed my ministry. It really did. Yeah. It really changed it because my bar, as much as I thought like Pastor Ron was 
like if I could ever get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my bar was set so low, you know, mm-hmm. like if if you're if you're only reaching for the street lights, you're never gonna make it to the moon. That's yeah. right. You know? If you're reaching for the moon, then you might get yeah. to the stars. And so we just gotta we just gotta keep our our eyes on God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then let God guide us and direct us and not feel the pressures of the world. Um, if we're doing if, if we're walking out of calling then there's no pressure from the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, have you ever heard of Jesse Duplantis? I'm oh, assuming. Yeah. You know, and he had a good phrase. He said, don't wear someone else's suit. Yeah. You know, suits are tailored to be to you. Your ministry can't be the same as someone else's because it, that suit doesn't fit you. Yeah. yeah. You know, he always comes in and says, I was going to come in just teaching today. We're like, Actually, that you know, is not your suit. Up. You are an evangelist <laughs> through and through it. And I can't said, teach. You know, Pastor Mark always said, hey, you want to you wanna teach on Wednesday? No. <laughs> I'll preach Wednesday. There you go. There you go. I'm just not a teacher. That's, yeah. that's your I suit. And, and then when I find myself trying to teach, I'm just like so antsy and just trying to hold back. Frustrated. And just so frustrated. Yes. Like I just want to just punch you in your face and just tell you what Jesus is doing in my that's life right. and what he's put this burden on me. Um, that's just who I am. So mm-hmm. I've just come to accept that... I'm not gonna do it. Right. I'm gonna do me, who God has called right. me to be. That's right. Mm-hmm. And 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 talking about um, young preachers and wearing your own suit, it's hard, especially when you're trying to figure yourself out as a young preacher, because yeah. all you all you have is the influences around you or the people mm-hmm. that you hear. So you're trying to find out who you really are. Yeah. Um, and we do take a lot of our keys from, from mentors from these, mentors like, yes. or the, the big preacher you mm. know Steve Furtick on, on oh, yeah. you know he's doing some great things and different things like that whatever you think about Steve Furtick I'm not here to argue <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but you know we take our keys from these certain things and I think that if you can find who you are the core of, of that the, to kind of center you and take some of those keys from a lot of different people um, God's going to round you out. Absolutely. You know, God's Absolutely. Really you out. Man, it was fun. Yes, yeah. thank you yeah. for having yeah, Thanks us. so much for coming out. I'm going to be here for another day or so, or not even a whole day, right? About 24 hours another from now. 24 hours. <laughs> um, I'm just blessed to have you guys come Well, thank you. you for having us. I know everybody at the Refuse you. Project <laughs> yes. is going to be uh, thrilled to hear love you guys, Steve man. talk about gold and, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> But it was real good. So well, thank um, you. hopefully I'll come back soon. Thank if not, you, you know, we'll do, yeah. it, we'll do it online or something like that. But we'll see you it's next been a time. pleasure. Thank you. And we love you. <laughs>